Chapter Sixteen of From Sunrise Land Letters from Japan by Amy Carmichael. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Sixteen Never Heard These Honorable Words. Never, never heard it, may never, never hear, unless you go and tell them or give what you hold dear. Matsya, April third you will like to hear about our village we felt distinctly we were being sent to strengthen rather than to extend the work at first the christians were disappointed for they are very earnest about winning more but soon they saw the force of it and arranged for times of waiting upon god by sunday afternoon we were so thoroughly worn through that all were willing to become fools for christ's sake and hold an open air you can hardly think what that meant to them it was not till they remembered how often our lord had done so that they could quite rise to it so we set off singing in the name of the lord there is victory now for me there is victory hallelujah after a long walk by the riverside and under wooded hills we came to a little scattered village which seemed half asleep for not a sign of life was visible anywhere could they all be at work in the fields the christians looked at each other and at me had we come all this way for nothing it was rather flat you may imagine how i prayed for they were weak as yet specially weak in this new form of witnessing and a disappointment at the beginning would be trying we stood in a circle and sang but nobody appeared then we scattered to give tracts to each house empty or otherwise and i went on praying now they had insisted on my bringing my auto harp carrying it themselves which in itself is most un-japanese and as i walked along i began to play it softly more to myself than to anyone else as nobody seemed anywhere but an old woman came to life then another then some boys and an old woman all attracted by the unwanted sound and sight in a few minutes we had over a dozen and in a few more twice as many there was no one near to interpret so i held them as well as i could and soon he sent a small child who could be posted off to gather the band within twenty minutes we were in the full swing of a splendid open air the gospel had never been preached here before and the poor astonished people gazed and gazed as if they did not know what to make of it all i think the christians will go again they seemed so much encouraged even the girls and women who must have been very tired said their hearts were so happy that their feet mattered not they all turned up at the six-thirty prayer meeting next morning after which we had two more bible readings and then we left april fourth it is kite time every boy large and small is flying one from the windows we can count a score or more high up in the clear blue by some curious arrangement of string they make a musical murmuring hum which fills the air like the sound of a threshing machine in harvest time at home here is a leaf from a child's a b c book which will show you how young japan is instructing her youth even to their indoctrination in matters knickerbockerish for don't imagine her little boys are all so painfully english yet ever since january this song of the kite has filled all space and once i made it myself for one day a boy of three feet high was flying a monster of six observing my interest in his operations he gave me the string to hold and i made a discovery the kite only sang when the string was pulled tight wherefrom came a question what if it be that the tight-pulled string is what makes the music within us it is worth working out if you will 
taking the kite to be oneself, the string the dragging down influence, the something one is tempted to fret against and from which one would fain break loose. Perhaps even now the music is mute. Can it be that the chord has slipped slack? Kites to begin with. Fights to continue with. You see I am giving you two classes, plebeian and patrician. One does not often see this sort of thing in the land of amiabilities, but the other day I came across something not unlike it, and its memory abides. It was so un-British and so Japanese in its expression. Upon the other side of the question I need not enlarge, the dapper little policeman with a sword at his side and white cotton gloves on his hands, who promptly intervened, did most probably, lest you should be overcome by the Aesopian character of this present communication, so farewell for today. April 5th. We have been to a cherry blossom beholding. We took tracts and scattered them among the hundreds who flocked to picnic upon beauty. They were always accepted with thanks and often read at once. These people have the most delicate sense of enjoyment conceivable, and they express it as delicately. To them, a hillside white with cherry bloom, a flower shower with the sunlight falling through, touched here and there with crimson, where peach or plum still lingers, is a deep and quiet delight. They come in little companies and wander among the trees, staying where the view is fairest, to lovingly admire. Sometimes they bring slight lunches in little lacquer boxes, tied up in colored handkerchiefs, so that they may spend all day in gentle pleasuring. There is nothing rude here, no boisterous play. They accord to their flowers far more reverence than many a Christian bestows upon his Christ. As one watches their tender way of handling and their almost respectfulness of attitude in dealing with them, one cannot help contrasting the rough touch of that sacred name the familiar approach which forgets that the lowly saviour is also the king eternal immortal invisible the only wise god to whom be honour and glory for ever never never heard such honourable words he was an old man and he had been listening while we told him of the one true god this was his answer we were visiting among some houses in a bamboo wood on the hill no one had ever been there before they told us and the people asked us in and listened curiously. One god? Why, there are many, look. And they pointed to the idols in the little open shrine. And he loves us? How amusing! Yes, that was the word they used. It sounded so utterly incomprehensible and unlikely. Then the oldest of them all spoke slowly. You are children. You have not heard much yet. But I am not a child, and even I never, never heard these honorable words. The old man's answer rang in my ear, as with one more earnest assurance that indeed these things were so, we had to come away. How often we hear it said. Mary had a talk with an old woman one day, as they traveled together by boat. After she had heard about Christ and salvation, she asked her how long it was since the Savior came to the world. Mary told her. Ah, she said, that was a long time ago. I never heard it in my youth when I might have turned now i am too old to take a new religion my mother and my father never heard it oh that more would come if we believe what we profess is it not almost like mockery to come so late and so leisurely but as one passes on tales which are heartaches one cannot forget that those at home who will feel them most can't come because they may not here is a word of comfort for such 
have you been refused by the medical board or otherwise kept by the stuff do you remember that twice over it is told us that they could not go over the brook besor all the same they went forth to meet him and shared the spoil is it not true that the point is not so much where we are as whether we are where our lord wants us to be the work is one what would become of us out here if for one day you cease to hold the ropes only wherever we are let us pour out our love like the rush of a river wasting its waters for ever and ever and when the king comes back for ever and for ever we shall rejoice together april tenth we have had an encouragement this afternoon for the first time the small weekly meeting we hold in a court in the town seemed to interest itself in our message and the shyest of its members were more inclined to fraternize sometimes the japanese way of receiving our advances reminds me of a scene on the lakes one winter not very long ago two girls were skating together they had been talking about various little nothings and at last one of them ventured a word upon a greater subject it was assented to as were all such harmless roundabout remarks with perfect equanimity and so they went on most amiably till a straight question as to her own salvation elicited the astonished rejoinder why i'm a clergyman's daughter and suddenly recollecting an engagement the young lady skated off for presently she returned i've told my father she said sweetly indicating that gentleman deep just then in the sublimities of figure eight backwards and he says you didn't mean anything so i've come back very much so do our friends here at times while we talk affectionate platitudes they say so it is so it is and like us very much but face them square and mark the result for they are japanese and by no means common heathen and then they ruminate a while or confer with one another their natural charity of disposition suggests that perhaps after all the foreigner didn't mean anything it may have only been her barbarous ignorance of social etiquette and so on so they return which gives us another chance to mean something and do it and they listen again perhaps perplexed perhaps provoked perhaps praise god to be persuaded sometimes one wonders they will listen at all think what it must be to hear that all you have reverenced all your life is pure delusion that your best has been lavished upon a mere non-entity or worse that everything which to you and your forefathers was esteemed precious must crumble into dust if what you now hear for the first time from stranger lips prove true surely a truth so unwelcome would never be received were there not something divine behind but praise him we don't come with negatives only it is rather whom therefore ye ignorantly worship him declare i unto you florence has good news to give she and her interpreter were visiting in a family where the son is a cms catechist his grandmother accepted the saviour this afternoon and you may imagine the joy that means could you see the people feel the deadness the weight of the death of centuries you would know that the winning of a single soul is a tremendous miracle a proof stronger than tons of volumes of christian evidences of the existence of the infinite living life-giving god it is hard to understand how any can be half-hearted in belief either one must be intensely a believer or a blank nothing we met some pilgrims to-day they go from shrine to shrine they tell us praying and offering trifles this seems to be a favourite season with such they combine pleasure with duty as usual 
and choose the fair springtime for their weary perambulations mary had a talk with one he had been going about for three months from shrine to shrine hoping to find healing for he was very poor and suffering she talked to him of the great physician and then as he was weak with long disease and little food gave him some money to buy rice whereupon he pulled a little idol out of his sleeve and began to pray to it and thank it saying o oh, buddha buddha here the poor little acolyte seemed to have a harder time than falls to most in this land of lightsome life for on the surface japan is a pleasant place it is only when one goes deep and strikes upon something hard that the dull broken ring of pain tells one all is not gladness here the acolytes are often orphan boys who are given to the priests in early childhood they have to study hard sometimes are allowed only a few hours sleep we know of one who always had a lighted incense stick fastened to his hand when he lay down so that at the expiration of the time allowed he should be wakened by the touch of fire at last he escaped from this monkish bondage and now is studying on his own account among other things christianity side by side with profound scholarship is a credulity equaling what one has read of in tales of the middle ages just lately it appears lights have been seen hovering over the place near the bridge where so many were drowned and the story has floated all the way down to yonago that these are spirit lights the ghosts of the departed have become uneasy and are haunting thus the scene of their woe we passed a stream one day close to it fastened longwise upon four bamboo stems was what looked like a large blue cotton handkerchief near it was a little wooden ladle as we paused a traveller passed stopped poured a cupful of water from the stream upon the cloth waited while it soaked slowly through and went on it was a deed of charity until the cloth was quite worn through by water thus poured on a mother soul must stay imprisoned in the fiery underworld in some far back existence she had sinned and buddhism knows no forgiveness poor mother the sweet flowers blossomed fairly round they tried to tell of another love but their language men knew not a little bird in the bamboo chirped to its mate the streamlet murmured on and wondering many things we came away yesterday m san a young evangelist and i went to a hamlet some distance from matsuya and held an open air for the pilgrims who crowded it en route for a famous temple ten or twelve miles further on whither they told us the gods had repaired for some purpose unknown to them they could not wait long and after listening to our message and learning the chorus which to their great interest i played upon my little harp they moved off en masse saying thousands of pilgrims had already assembled and there would be no room for them if they delayed and as they hastened on the thought came to me why should we not go there too and witness for our master it was such a splendid chance but my helpers saw otherwise it was too far to walk and kurumas could not be got the road was rough and we would be tired out we could not return that night and the hotel was sure to be full altogether it was impracticable all of which only made me the more determined to go if it meant sleeping on the road ten nights instead of one as for being tired what did it matter oh don't blame too much it was an opportunity which doesn't come every day and only the devil was buying it up m san was dispatched home to tell the tale and we two set off we had not got far when the still voice one had not been quiet enough to hear before began to speak 
I am not going before, it said. This meant a full stop at once. It was dreadful. First the fact, and then that one would have to tell it. But there was no help for it. Clearly enough, one had been carried on by the energy of the flesh, and not of the spirit. Turn we must. So we turned, but first we knelt down on the grass by the side of the path. The thing was confessed and forgiven. How good he is, how patient. Forgiven, from Egypt even until now. At our starting point, we found M. San delayed by a woman who wanted to hear more. Then a man appeared, heard we had given up going to the faraway temple, and suggested a nearer one reachable by water. This time we asked the master before deciding. It seemed to me a special mark of his love to trust one so soon again. And as all three of us felt it was of him, we too once more set forth, and M. San, with her revised message, was posted homewards everything fitted everything does when he is going before the afternoon shadows were falling across the landscape the trying glare which had dazzled one all day long was gone on either side the quiet river rose banks of high straw-coloured grass and then came valley and wood and hill except when a wild bird broke the stillness with its note there was no sound save the ripple of the water it was very still and stilling in his presence very near and then we reached the temple a shinto one with its shrine beyond shrine set deep in the woods under the hill and approached by a long straight avenue of cherry in full blossom down by the water's edge and wandering away anywhere it liked was a little village a cluster of hamlets rather primitive to a degree untouched as yet by western life there the evening ablutions were distinctly in progress the family tub was in some places set in the open front with its fire-pipe turned towards the road for the convenient injection of fuel the blaze below and the stream above with a parboiled head in the midst thereof reminded one rather painfully of the early christian martyrs but nobody seemed to mind in one of these curiously frank abodes a woman oculist was operating upon an unfortunate sufferer with a terrible pair of nippers in hand and a smile of conscious skill on face around was a crowd of spectators perhaps a little initiation into matters occidental would have done no harm here but the appearance of a thing in foreign clothes i had set fire to my japanese dress and had to descend to my own so disconcerted the victim operator and beholders that i had to beat a hasty retreat and leave them to conclude in peace then we went to the temple. Since that day at Kyoto, I have kept clear of such places unless when consciously sent. Today was such a time, and we knew he was going before and followed fearlessly. There were a few pilgrims hovering about. They accepted our books and listened while we spoke a word or two, but I felt there was something more for us to do and asked, might we see the priest? Much astonished, they pointed out his house. We went, were admitted, and saw a young man, his son, as we afterwards heard, for Shinto priests may marry, who not only listened most courteously to what we said, but gave us his card, told us his father was out, and asked us to send him our holy book, promising he would read it with interest. He had heard of it, he said, but had not seen it. We came away praising God for such an opening. Truly this had been of him, for such a reception is not usual in the dwelling of a priest. As we passed through the large courtyard in front of the temple on our way back again, we saw what has not left me since. A thick band of prayer flags, 
white paper stuck upon slips of wood ran all round the shrine what do they mean i asked bereft of the honorifics and humblifics thus was the answer given by our boatman who heathen though he was had come up to help us in any way he could if the gods will hear me and answer my prayer i will give a thousand more flags to their honour there were bamboofuls of coloured ones hanging over the porch bright touches of colour blue and pink and yellow against the weather-worn grey of the wood they meant just the same then i noticed bunches of seaweed brown and green and crimson they were to remind the gods that the men of the sea had been there craving their help and protection written about everywhere was the one constant unavailing o oh, most merciful o oh, most merciful and lastly i saw what touched me most a long shining lock of woman's hair over it was written this brief prayer and promise o oh, most merciful hear me and i will give you all my hair poor sad woman heart bringing its pitiful woes to a pitiless non-existence can we think of it quite unmoved a woman here glories in her hair and yet at the great temple of higashi hongwanji in kyoto i saw huge coils of rope used in lifting the heavy pine beams to the roof and these ropes were made of woman's hair offered in devotion to the gods a long time ago does someone say japan is christianized now this buddhist temple said to be the largest in the land was founded in sixteen o two burnt down thirty years ago rebuilt within the last few years and is barely completed yet satan has not quite quitted the field and yesterday as i stood in that temple porch looking at that offering which had cost someone so much words you have thought of too i doubt not rose in my heart neither will i offer burnt offerings unto the lord my god of that which doth cost me nothing all born for me and shall my coward heart refuse its best to thee lord jesus take me to thy fellowship whate'er the cost may be a fellowship of suffering but no curse that cup was drained by thee a fellowship of resurrection joys and life of liberty coming back we had a talk with our boatman he believed in idols believed they heard and perhaps would answer he had worshipped them all his life he prayed to them every day have they ever answered you i asked him mada he said not yet it was a perfect moonlight evening but moonlight though lovely to look at is cold to sit in and we were not sorry when at last we were put ashore and set off for our walk to matsuya over roads which seemed rough to our tired feet through lanes among woods and by paddy fields lighted by pale flitting fireflies and thick with talkative frogs End of chapter 16 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine